1: You are Locked On Cougars. This is your daily podcast focused on the BYU Cougars. Thanks for joining us on a Friday edition of the show. We are proud to be part of the Locked On Podcast Network. A lot to get to on this Friday edition of the podcast. We'll run down everything we learned this week from our practice insider. Also catch up with BYU wide receivers coach Fessy Sitake. Talk about his position group, but also get some of his thoughts on how this offense is progressing and trying to rectify uh, their issues in the red zone in particular. So a lot to get to on today's edition of the show. In the football realm, we'll also catch up on everything else going on in BYU sports news like we normally do. Today's show brought to you by our title sponsor, Deseret First Credit Union. We'll tell you about them here in just a little bit. And with that, let's get to it. This is the Locked On Cougars podcast for October 18th, 2019. What's up, guys? I'm Jay Catch, your host here on Locked On Cougars, your resident BYU insider. I work for the Zone Sports Network in Salt Lake City, Utah. Thanks again for taking the time to download this show on a Friday whenever you're listening to it. I appreciate you guys continuing to support this daily podcast, all focused on the BYU Cougars. All right, BYU faces off against Boise State tomorrow night. Game time scheduled for 8.15 p.m. Mountain Time, televised on ESPN2. Of course, the BYU Sports Network will have radio coverage For you as well. I will actually be on the pre and post game coverage for the Zone Sports Network tomorrow night. So if you're looking to hear some of my takes leading up to the game tomorrow as well as my games post game, listen on the Zone Sports Network 97.5 FM. Please tune in. Be a lot of fun. Will Snowden, former BYU running back, a guy who's as connected as anybody is here in this market when it comes to the Cougars and recruiting, we will be co-hosting the pre- and post-game show with myself. Should be a lot of fun there. I uh, talked to our practice insider a lot this week, getting his insights on BYU leading into this game against Boise State. The biggest issue for the Cougars going into this game is the health of the offensive line. Uh, it appears that BYU is going to be down four regular contributors on that offensive line. Speaking of Tristan Hodge, Kiefer Longson, Keanu saleh and Thomas Schoeff, all four of them, based on what I've heard and our practice insider has observed, is that all four of them will not play in this game against Boise State. So that means you have your top two guard prospects, or at least two of your top guard prospects, and Tristan Hodge and Kiefer Longson out, as well as your top two options at right tackle out. The depth for BYU on the offensive line is going to be severely tested in this game. I expect Harris Lachance to step in at right tackle, He's had injury concerns of his own over the last couple of weeks, but if he's healthy enough to go and he feels like he's able to do it, he will be your starting right tackle. He will be uh, joined presumably left to right by Brady Christensen at left tackle, Chandon Herring at left guard, James Empey at center, Clark Barrington at right guard, and then, of course, Harris Lachance as your starting offensive lineman along that front. Uh, I know BYU has made some variations in terms of how they're going to juggle depth this week. I could see something, if another guard were to go down, let say Clark Barrington or Chandon Herring, if they were to get injured in this game against Boise State, I honestly think the next guy up at guard would be James Empey. They would move him out to guard and put Caden Haas, the backup center, in in James Empey's spot. I know that some people may think that's probably foolish and not the right idea, but that's what it sounds like BYU may be considering in terms of trying to balance the depth with four of the regular contributors along the offensive line out. At right tackle, Blake Freeland, a freshman from Harriman High School, a guy who's new to the position, never really played offensive line in high school amongst playing multiple other positions, including quarterback, tight end, defensive end, uh, even some wide receiver, etc., He's new to offensive tackle. He has the ideal frame and length you want for an offensive tackle, but he'll be your backup right tackle, it looks like. So the depth for BYU along the offensive line is a massive issue all of a sudden. And here's hoping that they can figure things out. Joe Tukuafu continues to work on the interior of BYU's offensive line. I think a lot of people wondered if him moving from tight end to offensive line would mean he lines up at tackle. It sounds like he's been working mainly at guard so far, and that maybe be where BYU is starting him out to get him kind of adjusted to playing offensive line but this week you could see Joe Tukwafu in an emergency situation put into a game that he may not be fully prepared for but a game that BYU may need him to go into just to get uh, the on on the offensive front that they feel like they can be successful with. It's going to be an interesting uh, just an interesting situation to see how they juggle the depth here. I feel like BYU's offensive line has been very deep so far this season but now six games into the season going going into this game against number 14 Boise State. All of a sudden looking like one of the thinnest units in the BYU football program and that's a major concern if you're a BYU fan. I know the coaching staff is also concerned about it. Uh, there's other depth issues, of course. At quarterback, if Jaron Hall can get cleared, he's presumably your starter for BYU. But everything we have heard this week, uh, including from my practice insider, is that it's up in the air if he will be cleared with regards to the concussion protocol. Uh, Baylor Romney said earlier this week he's preparing as if he is the starter. That's the right mentality for him to have. If I'm Joe Critchlow, I'd absolutely be preparing like as if I'm going to play in this game. But it's very much up in the air on the quarterback position, on how BYU goes about it. Like I said yesterday, I don't expect the Cougars to announce their starting quarterback until mere moments before the game starts. If not, the starting quarterback, you'll see who it is when he walks out onto the field for their first drive on offense. Keep Boise State in the dark as much as possible. But Jaron Hall, we'll see if he's able to get cleared by the medical personnel and it's, it's up in the air, plain and simple. As I said yesterday, uh, concussions and concussion protocol, it can be a real crapshoot because you can feel fine one day and the next day have the same symptoms come right back and you're just set back. It, it, concussions are a weird deal. Any of you guys that have played football or read up on the concussion crisis in football kind of understand that, yeah, it's just a strange, strange injury and different guys respond to it different ways. I'm hoping that Jaron Hall's able to get cleared. I know he's been working as if he will be cleared but It's going to be up to the BYU training staff to make that determination and see if he's able to go. So BYU's offense, plenty thin up and down the roster. But on the defensive side of things, I think BYU is relatively healthy. There is one key change to BYU this week in particular. Uh, Practice Insider indicating that Dion Gonwolaku, who has been playing cornerback pretty much exclusively so far this season, will be at safety this week alongside Austin Lee as presumably your top two safety safeties against Boise State. Uh, Diane's had his moments as, as at safety with big plays being a great run stopper. I think this is the type of a game that's Taylor made for him to move to the safety spot and show what he can do. Hopefully help shore up BYU's run issues if at all possible from that safety position. So I do like that move, putting Dianne Gonwoloku at safety and giving him that opportunity to shine. I don't think it's going to be a, a, like a permanent move for Dianne Gonwoloku. The indication I got from our in Insider is that it's a week-to-week thing uh, for Diane, and we'll see if he stays at safety, if he moves back out to cornerback, but presumably with that move from Diane Gonwoleku to safety, you're going to start D'Angelo Mandel at one corner spot, along with Isaiah Heron at the other cornerback spot, and then Shimon Willis and Dimitri Gallo are most likely your top backups at cornerback. So there you go. Some of the information I gleaned this week from our Practice Insider. Appreciate uh, them always weighing in, giving, uh, giving us their thoughts, Kind of what they're observing from practice. It's going to be a tough matchup against Boise State. I'll give you more of my thoughts on the matchup here in just a little bit, but it's an opportunity for the Cougars. Their backs are against the wall. There's no doubt about that. And it's very much, you can use that as a lot of motivation as a football program. Nobody believes in us mentality. Go out there and shock the world, that type of stuff. I think that's a great way to go about it, but. Boise State, this is a solid, solid football team coming to Lavelle Edwards Stadium. And if you guys don't have tickets yet, I would encourage you to do so. Go support the Cougars. 815 kickoff at Lavelle Edwards Stadium, Televised on ESPN two and of course radio broadcast up and down the BYU BYU sports radio network. All right, uh, we'll get to more of what's going on in BYU sports. We'll catch up with BYU wide receivers coach Fessy Zitate here in just a moment. Before we do that, though, do need to take a minute and talk to you about our good friends at Deseret First Credit Union. Deseret First Credit Union and their mortgage department wants to help you keep money in your pocket. That is a great thing to have extra money, extra walking around money, extra money to invest in a passion project. That's what they're kind of looking at right now. They're asking, what is your why? Refinancing your home loan doesn't have to be a hard process or even cost you anything if you don't want. And with rates still near historic lows in the threes, now is a great time to refinance your mortgage and keep more money in your pocket. With no-cost refinancing from Deseret First Credit Union, you can get locked into a low rate for absolutely nothing and potentially save up to hundreds of dollars a month. Yes, you heard me potentially up to hundreds of dollars a month. It's a great proposition, guys. I would encourage you guys to check it out. The DFCU mortgage team will work with you to find the right loan for your financial situation. Whether it's your first home, you've got investment properties, you're looking for your dream home, whatever you're looking for, wherever whatever stage of life you're in, they're ready to help. Call them, 801-456-7070 or visit dfcu.com to apply in five minutes or less. Once again, that phone number, 801 456 Tell them that Jake Hatch and Locked On Cougars sent you when you call. Deseret First Credit Union, you know why, we show how. Membership and eligibility required, OAC, terms and conditions apply, equal housing lender.
0: It's Kubota Orange Day. Shop the years of best selection of Kubota tractors, zero-term mowers, and utility vehicles, including the number one selling compact tractor in the USA, and now through June thirty.
1: Alright, I had a chance to catch up with Fessy Satake, BYU's wide receivers coach earlier this week, to talk a lot about his position group. Guys like Dax Milne and the like, who've really been standing out recently with some big-time catches in big games for the Cougars as they try to kind of wreck, right the ship and get back into the wind column this week against Boise State. He also weighed in a little bit. I asked him, uh, you'll hear in just a minute, about how the uh, process with the offensive coaching staff goes and how they put together game plans, how collaborative it is that they're working together, etc. Some interesting thoughts from Fessy, one of my another one of the good interviews on this BYU football staff, a guy who's not afraid to share his thoughts on what his players are doing but also his thoughts on how the program is going. So here you go. Fessy Satake with myself Jay Catch right here on Locked On Cougars. Through six games, you've seen s- senior players make some spectacular catch i think the most recent one of course was what dax did against usf is that something you can coach or is that just something these guys just do
2: well we we do every day we make an emphasis to do ball drills uh or disruption drills where we work on making really difficult catches but truthfully um you know all drills are set up to try and simulate uh simulate certain looks but when it comes down to it the guys got to make a play you know and and uh all credit to 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 the quarterback for giving him a chance and for for Dax making a great play with a guy that was kind of holding his arm back could have easily been called as a PI and you know we we always say never leave things up to the ref and to to, to count on catching every ball so just those guys they do a great job at working hard on it um on the jugs machines making making catches contested catches every single day so it's good good for that stuff to show up on film. What have you liked most about your group through six games? just their consistency um you know I, th- I thought we had a we had we had a, we had one game this year where you know maybe there's a little bit of a, a, of inconsistency and that was kind of with the whole the whole group but um aside from that i've been really happy with how they have showed up the things that the fans typically don't see their effort in between plays where the ball is not going to them um hustling and finishing making blocks go uh, or making runs go another 10 15 20 yards you know because they're they're really Sustaining a block downfield—that's really hard. Um, opening up a route for another receiver, or you know, another perimeter player, whoever it might be. So, just just their buy-in, despite how things have been a little bit up and down. Just their the, the, their ability to stay consistent and play, and I, th- I think that's just a sign of their love of the game and their motive it's not just to to play a certain way when things are going good but it's their identity who they are as a person says a lot about um and i think it says a lot about their character
1: i think i kind of took something to answer my, my next question but it's with the up and down nature of the season so far are you guys have they hung in there for the most part
2: yeah i think so you know we have
1: a resilient group
2: and um for example you probably saw it today um We have a true blue hero every week. And I think those are great opportunities for us, not just to use our platform as football players, but to keep reminding us of what a hardship really is. And we all want to win as much as anything. And I think sometimes we let the outside noise, um, just in general, college football, sports, just people in general, um, with the with the flow of technology and media today it's really easy to uh, kind of be weighed down by certain you know things comments and all that stuff and so um, when you can just kind of strip things down and really really assess just what what a hardship truly is it puts things like this in perspective and it doesn't make losing any easier it just it allows us to just keep our head down to keep going to work trust the things that we know and stay consistent and so I think our guys have a good grasp on that perspective and, and I think that's one of the reasons why they're they're still they're
1: still solid through all of this talked to Coach Grimes, and he talked a lot about you guys have motored up and down between the twenties, roughly. You guys put up a lot of yards here. He said when you guys get in that red zone area, it's been one of the big bugaboos. What have you guys done to kind of address that with your players?
2: Um, one, we haven't really had to address it much because it's been the glaring obvious, okay. you know. And, and and they all know that we've been able to really consistently move the ball down the field as opposed to last year. You know, we had a lot of three and outs or drives that stopped at you know five plays. Well, we have a ton of drives this year where we 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 have more than. 10 plays but just the inability to, to score a touchdown and finish you know or and not make the field goal or you know we, we can't leave it up to that we got it we got to punch these things in and so the guys are are very aware of that situation and we haven't had to address that as an obvious we, we've been more addressing the things we need to do to to, to fix that and, and it all just starts from the basics of being consistent getting the playoffs sticking to the fundamentals there's been a lot of things that have set us back and put us in bad situations you know where we've been unable to finish those and so um I also think it's one of those things that if you overemphasize way too much, um, you, you can paralyze the guys. So they're aware of it. They know it. So we just got to focus on those details, those fundamentals. And I think that will take care of um, those issues. As a
1: staff, we've, we've talked to Jeff, we've talked to Aaron, and they've said that you guys have a very collaborative effort because you've been an offensive coordinator at one point in your career. When you guys come together, do you guys all bring ideas into those meetings, or is that Jeff's got an idea? You guys are just kind of saying yes, no, yes, no, etc. No,
2: we all bring ideas, including including the assistants who haven't been in that position of coordinating. Uh, uh, Jeffs, our uh, coach Grimes is one of the most; he's the most collaborative coach I've ever been around, and um, you know that's one I think his his uh, his strengths, and so he does. He you know, as the coordinator, he does make executive decisions and and is able to kind of weed through what's too much, what might be too little, what fits, what doesn't. Um, But all of us are definitely open and willing to share our ideas. and, And so it's definitely a collaborative effort. Does that extend into game day where you guys give him ideas, like when you guys are on headset, about play calls? Yeah, for sure. He does a, you know, he's got a general idea of, of what's going to work in the flow of, of play calling, but he does the same thing. He does a good job at being proactive and saying, hey, when we get to this situation, have a play ready, or or hey, you know, when the defense is up, what do you, what do you guys like? What do you see? What are some plays you think is going to work? Does a really good job at that, and, and all the coaches, I, thought, I think, have responded well at, um, you know, collaborating even on game day and, and making what we feel are the best decisions. What's it been like working with Kalani just in your time here? I know you guys family connection, obviously, yeah. but what's it been like working with him at BYU? It's been really cool. I've I've learned so much from him. Um, I thought I kind of I kind of I thought I knew everything about him okay. um, up to this point, but to see him in his element as a head coach, I've learned a lot from him. And when he's speaking to the team, I'm sitting in the seat as a player. Okay. When he's speaking to us in a staff room, I'm sitting in the coach. As, uh, I'm sitting in the seat as a as a position coach. Um, And those have allowed me to really um, get a a good grasp of, of, uh, you know, another level of who he is as a person. I've learned a lot from him. So I think it's just been a great learning experience. I'm still humbled every day that I get a chance to not only work here at BYU, but to work with, you know, a a big brother of mine and someone who I owe so much to and who I love. And so it's been an awesome experience, and, and I hope I can keep working with him as the years go on. So. Fessy,
1: thanks so much. Thank you, man. There you go. Fessy Satake, BYU wide receivers coach. Can't thank him enough for taking the time to talk with me here on Locked On Cougars. Interesting to hear him talk about the fact that he says he's never had a more collaborative offensive coordinator than Jeff Grimes. I've mentioned this on the podcast in the past, and if you're new to the podcast, welcome on in. But in the past, I've talked about Jeff Grimes and the fact that he takes all of his assistant coaches. We're speaking of Aaron Roderick, Fessy Satake, Steve Clark, Eric Mateos, and AJ Stewart. He allows all of them to have input on the game plans. And even in game, if he has a certain position that he feels like, okay, I've got a certain player here, he'll actually ask the position coaches, what do you think about this play? And it's not necessarily like, yes, go with it, or I want you guys to call this play. He takes it all under advisement and then makes the ultimate call. You heard Fessy say he's he's got that executive decision-making power where he makes the final call, but he's willing to weigh in take everybody's advisement under excuse me let's reset that he <laughs> excuse me he takes everybody's advice under advisement and then makes a final decision on what he's going to go with BYU has struggled in the red zone there is no doubt about it you heard Fessy talk about that as well Aaron Roderick on yesterday's podcast you can rewind down that you can scroll down and listen to yesterday's podcast I spoke with BYU passing game coordinator Aaron Roderick and both of them want the red zone woes fixed as does everybody else and they're done who is a supporter of BYU or connected with the program. I think that BYU's got a good staff in place and a good plan to get things fixed. It's just important on them to stick with the plan. Trust the process, as we talked with Matt Bushman as well yesterday. Trust that process and hope that it works out. I can tell you this much in speaking with our practice insider, BYU spent a lot of time working on red zone offense this week, and hopefully it pays off and they can punch in some scores this week against Boise State instead of settling for field goals because in a game like this against the Broncos, goes coming in number 14 in the country, you got to have as many touchdowns as you possibly can get, because Boise State's got to be coming in here thinking, you know what, we're just going to bully BYU up and down the field and finish off drives and walk away with a victory. The Cougars' backs are against the wall, and we'll see if they're able to respond and answer the bell against Boise State. Alright, I'll give you some more thoughts on what I think of this Boise State game, my game prediction as well here in just a moment, as well as catching you up on everything else in BYU sports news. Before we do this, that though a reminder for you guys when you guys are out and about driving around in your vehicles making your commute to or from work driving around make doing errands etc or even if you're just having some downtime at your house use your smart devices your smartphones your smart speakers tell them play podcast locked on cougars and that way you always stay up to date with the latest in byu news with this your daily podcast all focused on the cougars it makes it real easy you use your voice you don't have to do anything with your fingers etc and your smart device will make sure you have this podcast right there for you so check it out, guys. Tell your smart device, play podcast locked on Cougars, and be the smartest BYU fan in the room.
0: It's Kubota Orange Day. Shop the year's of best selection of Kubota tractors, zero turn mowers, and utility vehicles, including the number one selling compact tractor in the USA. And now through June 30, get 0% APR for 84 months or up to $3,300 off select compact tractors. See the details at kubotaorangedays.com. Your family, your land, and your livestock deserve equipment they can count on. So find your local dealer today. That's KubotaOrangedays.com.
1: All right, running down everything else going on in BYU sports before we close out this Friday edition of the podcast. Let's start off with men's and women's swimming and diving The men's and women's swimming and diving teams, they are going to be at the Richards Building Pool, a home meet this week and a dual meet against Colorado Mesa University. That begins today at 1130 a.m. Mountain Time at the Richards Building Pool if you want to go out and watch it. The completely revamped Richards Building Pool, by the way, is a great venue. They did a great job renovating that facility. And best of luck to the men's and women's swimming and diving Programs today. Softball had a game last night against UVU. I I never got an update on if they actually played the game because I know the weather moved in last night. They are scheduled to play again today against College of Southern Idaho at Gale Miller Field at four o'clock Mountain Time. If the weather holds, I will assume they're going to put that they'll put, play that game. And tickets are free if you want to go out and watch the Cougars softball team in action today. Women's soccer is in action on South Field tonight at seven o'clock Mountain Time as they take on St. Mary's in West Coast Conference. There will be a live stream of the match on the WCC network as well as a live call of the game on the BYU Sports Network as well uh, across all of the affiliates that the BYU Sports Network has. And uh, conversely, next door in the Smith House, BYU takes on San Diego, who is the co-leader in West Coast Conference play in women's volleyball. That will be at 7 o'clock as well tonight, live broadcast on BYU TV. You also can stream it on the BYU TV app, but a big opportunity for both the women's soccer and women's volleyball programs, the state claimed to elite status in West Coast Conference action. Tomorrow, uh, the men's and women's cross-country teams, number two in the country. Both programs rank number two in the country. They're competing in Terre Haute, Indiana, in the pre-Nationals Invitational. The women's race begins at 9 a.m. Eastern time, followed by the men's race at about 9.30 a.m. Eastern time. There'll be live streams on FlowTrack. You can get links to that on the BYU Cougars website. If you want to watch the men's and women's cross-country teams in this pre-nationals invitational. It's one of the top events in the country. There's a reason why it's called pre-nationals. Big opportunity for men's and women's cross-country to state claim to those number two rankings. One final note for you is that BYU softball will be back in action tomorrow, hopefully at one o'clock Mountain Time against Southern Utah. Like I said, tickets during the fall season for BYU women's softball are free, so it's a big opportunity if you want to go out and watch some free BYU sports. Go out to Gale Miller Field and enjoy some softball. And then early next week, Monday through Wednesday, men's golf ranked number five in the country is in action at the Pacific Invitational in Stockton, California. That begins Monday and runs through Wednesday we will keep you updated next week on how the men's team does Peter Kest, number one ranked individual men's golfer in the country now the moment you guys have all been waiting for my thoughts on this BYU and Boise State game I look at it, and I feel like it's an opportunity here for the Cougars to have uh, a chance to come out swinging. They got their backs against the wall, nobody believes in them, and it can be a great motivating factor. You got a team like Boise State, who's probably seen the film against Toledo and USF, as well as the other games this year, where BYU got run down in the second half by a, an imposing run game, and Boise State's got two good running backs. Robert Mahone and George Holani are both solid running backs, averaging over five yards per carry well guess what I'm guessing Boise State's going to come in here regardless of if it's Hank Bachmeyer or Chase Cord or Jalen Henderson at quarterback for them they're going to come in here planning on running the ball well BYU it's a big opportunity for them to stiffen up and show you know what we're a better program than this we can step up and we can make an imprint in this game individually and kind of reinvigorate the season to a degree with a win I'm not picking the Cougars in this game, in the interest of full disclosure. I'm going to take Boise State in a close one. The line's been sitting around six points in favor of the Broncos. I'm actually going to take Boise State 28, BYU 24. So BYU would cover theoretically the spread there, but lose another narrow game. A Tough loss would be absolutely the case, drop into 2-5. and five. But I do think BYU can draw inspiration from just looking at what Boise State's probably thinking coming into this game. No Nobody believes in us. Let's go out and prove the world wrong, and we'll see how it shakes out tomorrow. Once again, I will be on the pre- and post-game coverage for the Zone Sports Network tomorrow night, beginning at 6 o'clock Mountain Time, live at JCW's down there in Provo. Stop by, grab a burger or a shake, say hi. Love to see you guys. And, of course, we'll have post-game coverage immediately after the game as well. Today's show has been brought to you by our title sponsor, Deseret First Credit Union. Thanks again to them for continuing to support the podcast. You can find the show on social media on Facebook, instagram and twitter check us out at locked on cougars check out my personal twitter feed at jacob c hatch and of course you can drop the show a note as always by emailing us locked at gmail.com thanks again for joining us we'll probably have a late night recap edition of the podcast late tomorrow night probably early sunday morning by the time it goes up so stay tuned for that over the weekend and of course we'll have full coverage for you throughout the week next week as BYU goes into a bye week before facing Utah State on November 2nd. That'll do it for today's edition of Locked on Cougars. Thanks for joining us. This has been the Locked on Cougars podcast for October 18, 2019.